and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Today, you know, Christy and I always have our conversations and we talk about, you know, what do we want to do on, you know, what do we want to talk about on the podcast? You know, what do we feel is relevant? All those kind of things. Sometimes we do stuff that's really not relevant, but it's just kind of fun. But today we're actually talking about relationships in the time of technology, you know, because it's become such a different way of doing relationships than I know I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you are used to, too, to De- some degree. Definitely. Just like everything else, relationships have gone mobile, <laughs> it seems like. Well, and you know, it's really funny because, you know, when you think about when we dated, we actually met in person, <laughs> you know, and, and we formed this friendship, you know, we'd, we'd sit and talk, we'd talk over coffee, we, you know, you go to the movies, you do all of these kind of things. And, you know, now people are having relationships where... A lot of times they've not met face to face. Yeah. A lot of times it's communication through the phone or, you know, I mean, I think that some of the earliest stuff that you see talk about online match.com and all those (laughs) kinds of things that people met online. I mean, I think that was the beginning of it. And it's just expanded, it seems, from there. And, you know, I'm going to say it even goes back before that because, you know, back before we had all of this technology... I remember the Denver Post. They used to have a section at the back of the page where it was you could meet up with people. You you know, it was like their dating app. Personal ads. It was personal ads in the newspaper. And you sat there and you said, oh, you know, circle. Oh, this one looks pretty good. Or "Eh, I don't know about this one, you know. But so that was the start. So it's not that people weren't meeting people through some kind of distance or Media. media. Yeah. You just didn't get to see a picture of them and you didn't, you know, you kind of had to, there was a phone number or whatever and, you know, you kind of did it that way. And then you move over and then we have Match.com and the Farmers one always cracks me up. (laughs) (laughs) Farmers only or something like that. Yeah, so there's a date, you know, that's the thing for everybody. And now it's Tinder. I hear a lot about Tinder. Never used Tinder, but boy, I hear a lot about Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from my clients and stuff and and just what that is you know and and you sit there and you look at this profile you read a few words about somebody and then you go out on a date and then it's like oh wow something's not clicking here yeah. and is it that we put down what we think other people want to hear about us in order to get the date and hope they like us when they get there or I mean I don't know it's it because that's kind of a little bit foreign to me as far as that you know we've been together way too long and I always tell Christy, uh-uh, this relationship is forever because I don't want to learn Tinder. <laughs> I don't want to learn this. The dating would be very, very different because I'm not used to that. My thing is, is I really like those relationships where I'm actually sitting with somebody talking and having that more interaction face-to-face or even on the phone. I'd rather talk. Sandra, love you dearly, honey, but she's a texter. And if I'm texting her and it's more than, I have to write more than three sentences, it's a call. Because I don't know what it is. I just feel like there, to me, texting does not have the same connection even as a phone call. And I see that so much in my practice when people are sharing their text messages when they're upset about something or emails. And they're like, where did y'all get this from? Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, you can have miscommunications face-to-face, mm-hmm. but I feel like that through text, there's even more possibility of that, and I think you do see that happen. And it's 
interesting because I mean, how many times, you know, people make a decision or do something like that via text conversation and maybe the real true feeling behind something is not being expressed. And so it's an interesting thing to see how that plays out now. And it's not, and you know, one of the things is, is I, I want us, I want us to be clear. It's not a negative about way communication is being done now. It's just a compare and contrast. No, it's way convenient for me to text. I'm not that way. I hardly ever want to make a phone call. I would rather text. It's like pulling teeth to get you to make phone calls. <laughs> She'd rather email somebody. She And I'm that person is, no, I want a result right now. I want to be talking to that person. I don't want to wait 15 minutes for a stupid message to come back or they get caught. I'm not that person. Okay, but <laughs> how many times do I make phone calls and I'm on the phone on a wait for 45 minutes or something like that? So to me, that is just dead time. I... I do not. Like it makes it. her very, very unhappy. But those are calls you got to make anyway. It's just the process of it. You would think with all the technology we have that they could get you through those cues or wherever you're at. Or no, and even when you're talking to a person, how many times you have to explain it again to ten different people in different departments? So yes, but even just talking about <laughs> personal relationships and that, I think because I get into that rhythm of just, you know, communicating by email or, and especially like through work, I communicate a lot through text, but I appreciate the people that'll text with me like that because it's so much easier for me, especially when I'm doing other things. I want to go back to the work because, you know, we have work relationships and I think that's the thing. Oftentimes I find that before, if I was having a conversation, you know, if I'm calling Christy and I'm talking with her, there's tones to my voice, you know, if she says something, I can, oh, well, how was your day going? Oh, you know, the weather's nice. We, you can develop a familiarity. It's much harder to do when you're doing it via email and stuff like that, because they're usually very to the point. And I might end with, you know, have a great day or whatever. But when you have that, it's like you develop this relationship with them. So it's almost like they're more apt to to, to help you with things because you now have personality. You, you almost have this... Um, almost a face to what they're talking, you know, who they're talking to. I understand that. And I think that that's true because when you're talking to somebody in real time like this, you hear the pauses, you hear the sighs. Those are all things in communication as well. You can hear when somebody's exasperated, things like that. I'm pretty sure they can hear when I'm exasperated. So I get the value of that. It's just, I feel like, especially now, I don't know what other people are dealing with, but I hear it a lot, the communication, for, especially in business and that people are on a short fuse a lot of times nowadays. And it's like, I don't know, I guess rather than, I shouldn't just expect hostility or things <laughs> like that when I'm making a phone call. And, and many, many times they're very, very helpful. It's not always that way, but I guess... It's just, you know, deal with an email or something like that is feels a little better sometimes than it's, dealing with them on the phone. And I think, you know, when we talk about that communication, sometimes people, because they are people who email, you get responses much faster, too. Yeah. They're, you know, because they're on the computer all the time. We're on our electronic devices a lot. Yes. So, you know, if even as we're sitting, I mean, our phones are on uh, mute, so we don't see the text and stuff coming in like that. Uh, for this but 
usually it's on. So you, you get the reminder, oh, somebody's texting me. And sometimes it's, is it real? I always tell people, you know, what are you doing? We go to dinner sometimes or we were at the zoo and it's just nobody's having the experience. A lot of times, you know, they're sitting at the table. You might have the older people talking to each other. Everybody else is on their phones texting or or looking up stuff or playing a game. Or There's no interaction. Yeah. And I often wonder what's the backlash going to be to that. I, I you know. know we do it even in our home. Sometimes say we get paused in something that we're doing and everybody in the room will be sitting there on their phones for a good, you know, five minutes or whatever. And then we go back to whatever we were doing, which I mean, I am grateful that we take the time to put those phones down and actually have conversations and things like that. And I don't know how often that's happening in homes anymore. Hopefully it still is because it is valuable time. Well, and you know what I hear a lot in, in, in my sessions is people will be there like, well, here she doesn't talk to me. She's on her Facebook. He's on his game, all this and that. And I'm there like, well, do you got, well, then fine, schedule time. What do you mean? You use your calendar for everything else, I tell them. Schedule conversation time. Yeah. <laughs> because then there's a disconnect. You know, it might be on what's going on in, you know, with the kids or what's going on with finances. It can be any of those kind of things that are going on. But there's a real disconnect in people. You know, I'm hearing this in my sessions uh, quite often about that communication. Mm-hmm. And then how do we communicate via, you know, electronics? Because when I say that, I'm not kidding when people are there and they're arguing with their spouse or their kids and it's via text and, and they just just look at this, read what, what, what they said. And I'm there thinking, whoa, I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> and then I have to break it down for them. I said, because you have an emotion attached to the message, you already see the message as a negative. I said, I don't have any emotion attached to it, so I can actually read what is being said. We do that all the time, even on social media. You're scrolling something and you see somebody post something. And a lot of times people will sit there and think, well, was that person talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) And you're not even really having, it's not even that kind of a relationship. You're just (laughs) scrolling Facebook and you get offended by something somebody posted that maybe has nothing to do with you. Or it can be the complete opposite. It's something really, oh, they're talking about me. Yeah. Well, that's totally meant for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think that's the thing. It's how are we going to learn to have more effective communication with our electronics? Yeah. We were talking about that this morning because I I tell you, Christy, face, you know, whatever y'all call it, whether it's FaceTime, Messenger, Face, just face to face, you know, and you did that last week. With my mom. Yeah. Because she lives out of state. And so... I only have only talked to her over the phone and finally did a video call with her and it just really felt like it improved her mood and things like that. And so I totally see the value in, in being able to do that. That's, it's so neat to be able to connect on that level where you couldn't do that before. Yeah. And then you're still having that face to face. They can see you. It almost makes it feel like they're in the room with you. Absolutely. And I think especially during the whole last two years with the pandemic and things like that. It it was a way for people to stay connected and really more effectively than just talking over the phone. I mean, it's good to hear someone's voice, but to see the face and expression and everything, you, you, it has a different feel. Well, and I think, you know, when you bring up the, the past two years with the pandemic and, you know, when, you know, 2020 and people being at home more together, they didn't know what to do with each other. 
So it was really this weird thing. So some of the ones that we know, you know, family, friends, clients, for some it was, oh my gosh, you know, I got to know my kids or whatever. We did family time. We played board games. We did all these things. And some of the other people, it was like, I don't want to talk to them. It was like the separation. Yeah. They didn't know how to have that communication. Yeah, because my understanding, there was some increase in domestic violence during the There time was, and like in that. child abuse, and just different kind of things like that. And I think it's that, first off, you know, it, it's just been such a weird dynamic anyway, you know, with everything going on. And I think that that's why electronics, once again, it's not about a negative of them. It's just how are we going to grow with them? How to use them effectively. Yes, and how to, you know, how to, you know, kind of like you. Do a face-to-face -face with your mom. That brings you closer together. And there is that perception. If I can see you, therefore, somehow, that makes it, makes it different. It's like, once again, you're in the room with me. It does. This is the first generation. You know, this generation being born is they're born into an age of electronics. They are truly the first electronic group in that that's what they're going to know. They're going to know electronics from the time they're born. And you see it. Little kids now, they know how to navigate phones. You know, they're our uh, goddaughter taking oh. selfies. <laughs> and yeah. she's turning what? She won't turn two until February. <laughs> and she's already learned how to take selfies, things like that. They're just learning because it's so much. They see us do it, though. Yes. They're totally you know? mimicking what we see, what they see. And it amazes me a lot of times when we're walking through the store how small some of the the babies are that are there holding a phone in the cart and just like scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see. And I know that's a good way for a parent if a kid's going to throw a tantrum. Oh God, I can't deal with this now. I've got a hundred things to do. Here's the phone. Here, watch a movie. Watch this. You know, watch a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah. Because People are on time constraints, all those kind of things. So I think it has become also a convenience for us. Absolutely. I remember my niece coming to stay with us and she was only like two years old. And I remember having to take, what was it, a three-hour trip from the airport to home and having to keep her entertained for that time because if she wasn't watching Dora the Explorer, she was crying. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> And then how many times did we have to watch Finding Nemo? Uh-huh. Finding Nemo. A lot. I you introduced know. her to Finding Nemo, but I was tired of Dora. So, <laughs> But it's so cute because what was her thing when she's watching Finding Nemo? She's little. And the first scene, and what does she tell? She looks at us and says... Oh, when they're looking for the mom. Where, where's Coral? <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't want to tell her. She had to go away for a little while. <laughs> You know, we're not going to traumatize the child and give them back to the parent, <laughs> yeah. you know, with what happens there. But it really is that kind. It is that thing. And I mean, I appreciate that and understand this. I appreciate technology. Christy and I, we constantly keep up on technology, things like that. Does Christy get frustrated with me sometimes because she says I'm too click happy? Often. Yes. <laughs> Just because you run out of patience doesn't mean it's going to do it any faster for you. I think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> but she just watches me until... But in my defense, too, I'm one who I have to do it. She get just move over. Let me do this real quick. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yes. I have a hands-on approach with that. 
<laughs> I can't teach you that way. I got to do it. And I'm thinking, well, I can't learn unless I'm doing it. <laughs> so it's a problem. We've made it work, though. Yeah. <laughs> we learn how to navigate those things through our communication. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we do. We So when we look at, when we're looking at relationships, you know, I know a lot of parents, you know, they get very frustrated. They feel like their kids aren't talking to them and stuff, and but they're talking to their friends on all the different kinds of social medias and they're frustrated. And then so the child's upset when the parent gets one of those social medias to find out what the child's doing because they don't know. So they're trying to figure out, okay, well, what does my kid like? I don't know what my kid likes and my kid's not talking to me. Oftentimes, the parent's not talking to the kid, too. So it goes back and forth. But so, oh, mom, get off my stuff. Stop looking at my stuff. <laughs> you know? And I try to explain to kids, too, when I'm working with them, that when a parent does that, sometimes it's not about them being intrusive. With our social medias and stuff like that, there's also predators out there. And that's really hard for some kids to understand. Well, they won't do that. To me. They don't understand that it's really hard to explain it to them because they don't think that way. So even though social media has all these positives, there's also the negative piece of it when we don't know. And it doesn't even have to be kids. We constantly hear of adults who get sucked into, oh, this was really a good guy. And while well, he's not such a good guy, you know, or. Yeah. How many times people are easily scammed on there for different things? Exactly. Now that's kind of the thing. You can put anything you want out there. And it's kind of sad because a lot of people, if it's on social media or if on Google search or whatever it is, that must be true. And we were talking about that when the twins were here and uh, the older twin was looking at social media and at YouTube and she was learning about the Illuminati from YouTube and she's talking about stuff and they're like, honey, where did... That's not accurate. Where did you learn that? She goes on YouTube. So therefore, it's it's right. And I says, no, that's not. That's a, It was somebody giving an, their opinion or idea of something, but it wasn't really a factual thing. And, and I think that's really hard because how do we help them to understand what is true history data or whatever versus what is somebody's opinion? Yeah. Because they put it out there like it's their opinion. Yeah, like what's just theory, those kinds of things. But helping them understand too that you know especially with parents doing it it's to keep them safe and parents have to do the same thing with their own information as far as our access to online and mm -hmm. you'll have the older generation and they'll tell you uh, -uh i don't buy anything online i'm not putting my information out there i don't care you know because they're often taken advantage of anyway through your mom mm -hmm. oh lordy 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm always having to make sure that something that she's clicked on or somebody she's talked to or she's received a text and it's not she, legit. Uh, it was her tags, wasn't it, for her car? Yeah, she paid a company online for her her tags and or something like that. And didn't understand why she didn't get them. Yeah. It was so a scam. It was not the DMV. <laughs> so we're constantly having to tell her. Don't open up emails or text messages from people you don't know. And then she'll call and say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Nothing. Stop opening those things. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, she's older. And so that's part of the thing is why would she think somebody's going to try to scam her? Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at the older generation and stuff, you just didn't do that. Right. You know, so it was really, really different in that aspect. And I think, too, how do we help the older generation 
still be comfortable with the technology, they're not going to want it all. My dad and mom had a cell phone. My mom never used the cell phone, really. It was a rarity for my mom to use the cell phone, probably because she had a pacemaker and stuff like that, and she just didn't want to. But she was not one to do that. My mom wasn't a big phone call. She wasn't big on that. I mean, she would talk to, you know, I would talk to her daily, but it was a little bit different. But now my dad, he knew, though, you know, we put all of our numbers in and he knew our number. He didn't know our phone numbers. He didn't care. He just knew, oh, yeah, you're number two or you're number three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how he, and my dad was one to talk all, he called all the time. He liked that. He really liked the cell phone. He liked having that. That was kind of a neat thing for him. My mom didn't care one bit about it. Yeah. Then that's just kind of the way that thing that is. But they used the technology and they appreciated it at the same time. You know, we would do when we would do stuff. But we knew we weren't, my parents were, you know, they were much older. So they didn't didn't care about that. You know, Mm -hmm. they were alive when all these things were happening. And we talked about that too, even with their lives, your dad and my parents, all the stuff that they seen that was technology. Yeah. And I, like, I always am reading articles and stuff about future things that they're coming up with now, just, you know, some of the new technology and stuff. And I find it fascinating and I I get really excited about some of the stuff that they have coming out and how much more sustainably they're doing it and all that. So there's definitely, I see the, the value of the technology and how much we've advanced and all of those things. I just think that there are some things that get lost in the transition of that and and it's sad in some ways, but learning to navigate it, you know, it's it has its value, but also keeping that piece of relationships that is that face-to-face piece that's so important. It makes it the relationship what it is. Well, I think too, you know, when we do those, because, you know, I have clients who they have some really good friends and, you know, I appreciate the friendships they have because they are very positive and nurturing but they've never met them. They've never met them face to face or anything like that. And then I have some who have made really great friendships online and then they've planned trips together and they've done stuff together. And now, you know, so it went from online to now they've gone to whether it's some comic con or anime con or whatever cons they are. We belong to a group online. It's a girls, girls travel, travel or, or girls travel, girls travel. And it's great group. And you, they share a lot of ideas about traveling and things like that. And I, I've seen on there how many have met up with each other in different locations because they're from all over the world. And, you know, I see that friendships are being made that way and they're making memories and it's great. You know, one of the things I thought was interesting, I think it was when we went to Europe and we, you know, we posted quite a few pictures of Europe and stuff. And I don't remember, if, I think it was somebody on your side of your friends or family. And they said it was so cool because it was like they were on vacation with us. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was so cool because we can share those experiences. And in sharing those experiences with people that we have relationships with, we can take them to other places. You know, that's why we love girls travel because they post pictures, you know, we're also view from our window. That's a group that we're part of. And it's so neat to be able to see those other places. Yeah. And to share ideas and things like that, even when these people are traveling to different areas and they can put on the group, hey, 
what's a must-see here and what places to stay and things like that. And it's amazing. And what I love about this group, it is such a positive, uplifting group. They really do not allow negative on it. Right. And it's such a powerful group, I think, in that way. So really a shout out to Girls Travel because it is, it doesn't matter what photo you post. There's no body shaming. There's none of that. It's, oh my God, you're beautiful. Good for you. So, and so even in that, there's that thing of building, helping to build people's confidence and self-esteem. It's really positive. Which is part of that relationship building. There are many forms of relationships. Yeah. Those are relationships. You know, sometimes I'll interact with somebody depending on where they're traveling or stuff. And I might comment and they'll comment back. So you start having dialogues. With people across the miles. That's one of the neat things about it. It brings people together that you might not have talked before. You know, one of the things I like is, you know, we love Finding Bigfoot. Yeah. We love that show. I really like Renee Holland on it. And so what I thought was really cool and what I think is really cool about her is that I started following her on Facebook. And so if I would get, send a comment, she responds to those. You start, you know, to have this thing and you start to learn them, you know, but she is so good about that. So it gives you that connectedness too. you know, if you have a question or whatever, she answers and is very positive and all of those kind of things. So you get to connect even on those levels. It's funny because social media makes the world smaller in a way because mm-hmm. it brings people together. So there are so many things about it that I truly, truly enjoy. Yeah. And then the flip side is, is that it's really interesting. I was reading an article this morning by, uh, I think it was, was it Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. yeah. And she was talking about that. And she said, you know, back in the day, it was the tabloids who would talk about all this stuff. And she said, it's like the tabloids handed it off to social media. And now people on social media feel that they can comment and like they really know your life so they can be insultive and all that and i do think that that's the part of social media i think that we need to look at because even oftentimes if i'm just scrolling through not on that but if it's something else and the way people talk to each other yeah the body shaming or just the calling people stupid or then we get into this really left and really right and it's just like it's crazy because sometimes it's not it's like there's nobody's talking about that but they, it comes into these conversations and it's like it's so negative yeah it can be and it's like because people don't see a face maybe that's what it is that they feel like that they can be mean sometimes and that and so that part is a negative for sure and you know we've seen it we we've seen you know now we have cyberbullying and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, it's how do we, but once again, it's that lack of connectedness. I think that does that. We no longer have that connectedness to the person who is sitting next to me. And therefore, if I don't have that connectedness, you don't matter. Yeah. Or you're more minimized. And that is something I think we really need to work on with our children, with each other. And it's not just kids. These are growing people who will say some of the most hurtful horrendous things we have been hearing a lot about even sports in school functions and things like that how parents are just getting really livid with one another and some of them even turning violent and things like that and i get that like i said there's a lot of tension especially over the last two years for people and that and they're a little more short fused 
But I do think that online and things like that, it's like we say, because there's no face in front of you, it becomes a little more easy to act that way. And I guess that spills over too, even into the real world where you're face to face with somebody. And I mean, I think there are a lot of positives about our technology and it can bring people together, but there's also that downside too that we have to look at. And I think we have to look at it because, you know, I, I look at it because of what is the mental health piece of that. You know, I always look at how is that really truly impacting somebody on that very deep level? People don't understand, or maybe they get a thrill out of it. I'm not really sure what that is. You know, I think there's probably a, a multitude of reasons for why people behave they do on social media. Maybe it's their empowerment, whatever. But when we are hurting people on that deep level, and, you know, I hear it because, you know, when I talk to clients and, you know, younger ones, well, yeah, so they said this, not even just my younger ones, I shouldn't say that. And then I have some clients who they're, they're like, no, I just need to take a, they take a hiatus from social media because, they say, I can't handle the negativity of it or those kind of things. And that's difficult, mm -hmm. that piece of it for me, because I can, I hear their pain and I feel that pain of their, that they're having over people who they'll lose relationships because once again, it's not a good form of communication. Sometimes there's such a miscommunication and getting that clarity of what did that person really mean? What did that person really say? We take snippets of it and then we end relationships and or we do things like that. And it's not always the most beneficial thing for us. I think I don't think anyway. Well, and sometimes, like you say, there's things lost of communication that way that you don't get to express that you would face to face. So, I mean, I think the whole premise is, you know, that it's of this topic is that technology can have a wonderful, create a wonderful experience for people but we cannot lose our humanity through it too. And there is that possibility, and I, I think. And I think that's what it is. And I think our humanity is our connectedness. It's caring about the person who's next to you. And how do we bring that to social media or to electronics in general? How do we do that? How do we develop a connectedness with somebody we don't really see? How do we help people to understand that that person on the other end is a human being that we know nothing about and how we can make the comments we do not understanding. Are they in a fragile state? All of those things. And, you know, I think also, you know, we, the other thing that we have of that, you know, as I tell my clients too, and, and not so much family and friends, because but my clients, they'll be upset. They're like, stop putting your stuff out there then. But oftentimes on these social platforms, people are, putting their personal stuff out there. And then they're upset when people are responding. You have people weighing in and you're getting opinions left and right. And yeah, sometimes it's just taxing on your mind. I do a policy, uh, you know, or my thing is, is I don't post negative stuff on any of my social stuff. I, I don't do it. I don't want to. And I don't do negative comments. I don't want to be a participant of that. I don't want to practice something I don't want to do something that I don't practice. I practice this. This is something that's very important to me on a personal level. And I know for you is being kind to others. Yeah, I'm always, always trying to post positive quotes or... Or we post technology things. Technology things. such nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing is when, you know, if you're one of those people and, and you see that stuff and you have that thing to post something negative... Why does it become so important? 
why does somebody's political beliefs or religious beliefs or sports, the, the team they choose, or, or it can be anything. Why is it so important to you that you have to, to comment in a negative way? Because what difference does it make? If somebody's a Bronco fan or a Steelers fan or a Raiders fan, or whoever, it doesn't matter. Not everything warrants your reaction. Exactly. But we feel this need to, you know, it's like it, this need to, to be out there and, and say things. And then, you know, you then start getting, it's, it's like you go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful because, you know, if you're reading comments or stuff, pretty soon you're going down this rabbit hole and, and, and you know, it just gets darker and darker and darker sometimes when you, when you do that. Yeah. Especially with more comments that come in. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. And it's so, you have to find your humanity in all this. And we have to teach children, how do I have my humanity in an age of electronics? How do I, because I think we lose ourselves in that too, because there's not the other person. I was reading an article this morning too, because, you know, that's what I do in the mornings. I, but it was talking, it was a study actually done by in, in psychology, and it was about memory and social media and things like that. But they were talking about Google in particular. And what it was, which, which was very fascinating to me, was that they were saying that how our memory is not as good as it used to be. And the reason why is because if I don't remember, instead of trying to remember on my own, oh, I got Google. And so we Google everything. And then we think. And so then it's like we don't have, we're not forcing ourselves to use memory anymore. The other thing they were saying is that they did a thing where they asked people questions and then they could Google it. So the people who answered the questions thought that the next time they took the test without Google, that they were going to remember it all. So it almost gave a false sense of intelligence or memory. And so that was kind of a fascinating thing because, you know, I talk to people about memory, you know, and all that anyway, but that was kind of fascinating. What's going to happen? You know, I mean, I think we're going to evolve somehow, you know, our brain's going to evolve or whatever, because I really, but what is that going to look like? You know, and I think that's really fascinating because psychology and all the different other thing areas of science and stuff, they're looking at these things. What are the impacts, positive and negative? Because remember, for everything, we can have positive and negative for all of the different stuff. Each Some people can have a very positive experience with something. And then we have this group over here who has a negative experience with it. And so once again, we're not sitting here saying that social media and all of these things are a negative. And that was the other thing that Jennifer Aniston was saying, which I thought was interesting. She said, Hollywood is so different than it used to be. She said, now people are getting picked and all that based on whether it's TikTok or whether it's some platform they're on. And it's not really about their talent. It's about how many followers they can have. Yeah. One of my clients and I were talking about that. And and I don't know if it was whatever... I don't, we don't do any of American Idol, America's Got Talent. I don't know which one he was talking about, but he was saying that he feels like now it's like if it's, they're looking at what the person looks like, not their talent level. You know, even though it's a talent show Mm -hmm. that we're getting so we're not voting on people based on their talent, but it's based on something else. Is what they're wearing tight or is what they're wearing, you know, the guy have his shirt open, those kind of things. And I don't know, that may be because once again, we don't watch. A lot. We don't watch reality feel like that. So it's kind of just interesting that people are noticing this. And, you know, in these conversations, you, you know, I hear little tidbits about that, you know, in a lot of 
people when you ask you ask a young kid now, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be a TikTok person because they don't understand there are millions of TikTok people, but only a small percentage of those become what we call viral or these TikTok sensations and stuff. Podcasting. This is a platform. This is what we're doing. You know, we're doing it. And, you know, I told Chrissy, it's really interesting because we get an analysis and I said, you know, we're in Canada, Germany, Germany, Kenya, Kenya, Um, New Zealand, or is it Australia? The Netherlands. The Netherlands. In my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, look at how the world really shrunk that there are actually people in these countries who are listening to us here in Colorado, Colorado. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. It's really interesting to think but, that way. But even understanding doing the podcast, the reality is, is we do the podcast because we we're actually really enjoying it. Yeah. And hopefully people are listening near and far that get something out of it. Absolutely they walk away saying oh yeah that was beneficial for me or oh my god that made me laugh a little bit or whatever it is but the truth of the matter is is even podcasters there's millions of podcasters but those that are what you would call the viral ones small percentage yeah and podcasting to me is a really interesting concept because in a way it's something totally new But in a way, it's not because that's what I've always told you before we even started doing this. This reminds me of the old talk radio shows kind of thing and how that used to be a big deal. You know, families would get together and listen to shows and stuff like that. Of course, that was prior to TV, I guess. (laughs) I've seen shows about it. (laughs) But I just think it's interesting because, you know, podcasting is like a new thing, but yet it's kind of got that old piece of it, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's just what, different ways of reaching lots of people. That's what radio was, yeah. you know. And then from radio, we went to television. And then, you know, you would just see people, you know, it's just this natural progression. I think, you know, now, you know, you don't have to go to a concert. You can watch a concert now. You know, you can stream it live. You can stream sporting events live. So it's like you're right there. So it's just we're able to be in so many different places that I like. Yeah. I, I really think that is such a fascinating thing. The only downside is we're eaten up with ads. And it's just like you even listening to public radio anymore. I mean, most of the time I'm not hearing music. That's what I put it on for. And I'm hearing commercials and I can turn it to four different stations and have all of them have a commercial at the same time. And I want you all to know something. A commercial comes on radio. It can change her mood. <laughs> I'm ready to hit the scan. Let's go to the next one. And I'm in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, it's 15, 30 seconds. I don't care. It used to be 15 or 30 seconds. Now <laughs> we're five minutes in and we're still on commercials. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's another downfall, I think, to <laughs> these things. Yeah, uh, the ads are constantly in your face, even on your phone or that. So that part I don't like, but. And y'all are sitting there thinking, but wait a minute, doesn't Christy do an ad at the beginning of your podcast? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Which you always want. Tell about that, your little dream when you were growing up. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid. It's funny because I was always performing commercials. I loved doing that. I don't know what it was. I decided I wanted to do commercials and then I wanted to be a news broadcaster. So, <laughs> <laughs> This coming from the person who has social anxiety. Yeah. Well, performance some, anxiety. <laughs> something changed in there and I got all shy. I quit doing commercials. <laughs> 
But it's really interesting because, you know, I didn't hear her do that or anything like that. So, you know, when I listened to the podcast, I forgot we had to do that. Record the commercial. Record the commercial. And they're like, oh, my God, well, listen to her voice. Don't you got a little commercial voice going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think the other thing, the podcast has really been good for you in that if you've followed us from the first time we did our first podcast, there's such a difference in you and how you, you're just so much more relaxed into it now. I'm much more comfortable. When we first started, I was just like stage fright. It was just, and I'm not even in front of anybody, but it just felt the same way. So when I go to get up in front of people to talk or anything like that, I can't even tell them my name. I'm just, I go blank. (laughs) So it, it felt like that on the first podcast. And it really did because we had to do a retake because I'm looking at her and she's just there with the deer in the headlight looks on. They're like, stop, <laughs> start again. <laughs> so even this social platform is helping you, I think, to, you know, get over a little bit, maybe steps and getting over that uh, anxiety. And, you know, I have some of my young clients who stream and stuff like that, who their personality shows through streaming because maybe it doesn't show through other things. They become more animated. They can have followers and and you would meet them and think, oh man, that's kind of interesting. Or whether they have the YouTube channels where they're drawing and doing all of these things. And that's another great positive to it, I feel like, because it's in some ways it's giving people a voice that never felt like they could have one before. It's giving them a place to display those amazing gifts and talents that people have and getting it out there to more people. I mean, there are so many talents that would go unnoticed before. I agree. I think that's one of the biggest things and one of the things I love so much about the different platforms out there because the amount of talented people is, oh my God, just amazing. And the things that I'm thinking, how did you even come up with this? Yeah. She's always asked me, she goes, are you watching that? (laughs) Yes. I watch the people in the jungle who go build their little houses and stuff Get mesmerized, and those videos are so long. I used okay, to, look at you and hair. Yeah, makeup. if I'm scrolling past one and they're doing hair, I have to scroll faster because I'll get mesmerized and just stay there watching it. So there's so many positives. There's it brings us together. We to be able to enjoy somebody's art, and if you can comment and say, "Oh my God, this is great," or "I share it," or whatever. You know, we do that with the the performers that we we know, and we try to build that community for them too and things like that so it has so many positives the relationship itself we're going to have to figure out how do we bridge this gap though help people still feel that their humanity and that connectedness on that level that we have to in order to not be hurtful and harmful to others or to feel disengaged or the problem we are running into also is that people who are having these relationships via these social platforms and stuff they don't know how to do them face to face. They really struggle with that. It's like they have to be behind. It's almost like their protection or whatever, or maybe their confidence or whatever that is. But it's how do we help them to, to still be able to have that human connectedness because our humanity is what is valuable. And we get that through the relationships that we have, through caring about others, through communicating ideas and thoughts and feelings and sometimes and you know I think sometimes on the social medias we can kind of keep things surfacey 
because it's safe. But how do we actually get people to engage and in a more meaningful kind of way? Because and and like I say, there's definitely positives to it. But in not even that they're not having meaningful relationships. Because but I'm talking more. That was more of a generalized statement because I do have, like I said, some clients and friends who have amazing relationships with people all over the world or whatever and have you know when I ask how long have you had this friendship five years <laughs> talking to the same person for five years as they game gaming is such a huge thing they game and make friendships and I have a lot of them who their friendships and or even if they have friendships and they can't see each other you know especially through COVID they formed their little gaming groups and then they were able to communicate on a daily and that was really important too. Yeah, and they can still be totally meaningful. That is true. You know, it's like we talk about those friends that maybe we don't see for a year or more and how that when we pick up and start talking to them on the phone or that, how it's we just left off where we were and, and how close we are to them and stuff like that. But then there's like, there's this other piece, like we talk about in our relationship, how important touch is and things like that. So in those relationships too, remembering to give space, even when you're having those, that communication through text or that, that you, you're, you're not seeing all aspects of what's happening. And when you get together, sometimes you're able to see things differently and work them out. Absolutely. And I think that once again, hopefully walking away from this is that technology, it is here, it is here to stay. It serves a purpose. And it serves a purpose. And it can be such a positive even when it comes to relationships. Doing that face-to-face, taking that moment out of the day to text somebody a good morning. Hope you have a great day. You know, it's something you can do real quick and it's on the way. I do do that often to different people. It's and sending gifts. I love sending gifts. <laughs> and, yeah, and showing that thoughtfulness. You're, you're. I'm thinking of you today. Exactly. So it's such, that is such a valuable piece. Because sometimes we don't have the time to sit and have a conversation, but we do have the time to show kindness to somebody else, even if it is on a short, very short time or whatever that is. So, but for each individual thinking, what would help enhance the relationships that I have that are maybe done via these social platforms and stuff like that? Am I getting everything out of this relationship that I need or can it be more and how can I make it more? And then how do we keep that negative out of it? How do we, just because there's not a face that I see, how do I still show that person that I don't know kindness? Those are the things, but at the same time, embracing it and and knowing this this is where we're headed. But how do we bridge that gap? How do we help the older generation still have a piece of that that they're comfortable with and taking the time to do that? Those are the things we're talking about having those relationships, but learning how to make them meaningful and learning how to take that extra step when we are having that communication via text or email or whatever. And there's miscommunications in that and understanding that sometimes maybe I'm miscommunicating that or uh, misunderstanding that there's a miscommunication because I've had a lot of clients that have lost a lot of friends and a lot of family even because it's more of a miscommunication. They're like, well, I don't understand what I did wrong. That's not even what I meant. But then the person, I love this, you just block people. Then they can't communicate with you. Oh, relationship over. I would think relationships have more value than that. And it shouldn't be a matter of pushing a button and blocking somebody and getting them out of your life. Because if that's the case, 
that investment wasn't good enough to begin with. Right. So take that time to be kind to others through social media and those kind of things. You have the potential because so many people can be reached to have a more positive influence or at least a contribution to people out there. It's like we always have the gratitude statement about being grateful for all the love and kindness in the world yes. and that people are actually showing it to one another. And that's totally possible through technology as well. Yes. It's just that there has to be a balance as there has to be with all things. Yes. So thank you once again so much for listening today. We hope you walk away with a little bit of knowledge. And once again, these are just our ideas. It's just things that I've seen. New perspective. Yeah. So you guys be kind to each other and we will be chatting next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.